If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Now, the wealth protection diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Adultitis is a common condition occurring in people between the ages of 21 and 121, marked by chronic dullness, mild depression, moderate to extremely high stress levels, a general fear of change, and in some extreme cases, the inability to smile. Patients can appear aimless, discontent, and anxious about many things. Onset can be accelerated by an overwhelming responsibilities or a boring work life. Generally, individuals in this condition are not fun to be around. Escape adulthood is a movement and a rallying cry. It's not about escaping responsibilities or reality, nor is it about paying your bills with Monopoly money, eating a strict diet of chicken nuggets, or putzing around with Play-Doh all day long, although most of us love that smell. Rather, the adulthood we recommend you escape from is the cynical, joyless, unadventurous version with all the stupid rules, the one that insists we always play it safe and take ourselves way too seriously. We actually believe the crazy notion that there is more to life than the busyness, stress, and melancholy that is typical of most modern lives. My guest today, Jason Katecki, is the co-founder of Escape Adulthood, who delivers speaking programs, creates amazing art, and does a bunch of the writing, including his newest book, A Chance of Awesome. Welcome, Jason. Good to catch up with you again. Hey, Sherry. It's great to be back. So let's talk about the fact that, you know, you wrote this new book. In fact, it just launched. Uh, so let's... Uh, Talk about, you mentioned adultitis. I gave a very general description, but, you know, you're in that world. So trying to help people get out of it. What do you want to share yeah. with us? <laughs> well, you did, you did a great job of um, covering that. That's the official medical definition right there is what you read. And it's uh, translated from Latin to make it more understandable. Uh, but, it's you know, adultitis is a thing. It's one of those things, as soon as I say it, a lot of people are like, Oh, I have that, you know, and it's funny because anyone with any sort of healthcare background, you've heard of arthritis. So you might, you might know, like it literally means swelling of the adult, which is pr a pretty good way to sum it up. Because if you're walking around with too much adult, uh, you're going to have problems. So yeah, it's when, it's when you forget what it was like to be a kid, you take yourself way too seriously um, you are stressed out a lot and you miss out on some of the joy of living. Um, and I think when you're in that stage, bad things happen, whether it's to your uh, relationships, your health and, and, uh, and whatever. So we're, we're all about getting the word out about it and trying to, uh, to help people, uh, get out of this condition. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I love is your art because it is, well, be, besides just being brilliant, it's fun, it's colorful, 
and you do calendars. Uh, so I am going to encourage people to go out to your website, escapeadulthood.com. But let's talk about, you know, what inspired you to write this next book. Well, first of all, thank you for the, the compliments on the art. It's been uh, really cool to be able to figure out how to uh, incorporate that into everything we do. And it, it turns out it's a really cool visual anchor for people that they they see the art, they hear the story behind it, the message behind it, and then it helps it stick. And uh, this, this book is kind of interesting because, you know, I'm a pretty regular guy. And when I first started out speaking, I thought that was kind of a disadvantage uh, I, because I didn't have any, you know, near-death experience to report. I didn't, I didn't climb Mount Everest, you know, blindfolded. So I always kind of felt like, well, what do people want to hear about from me? And there was a mentor I had. She said, you know, what you have is really important because most people are pretty regular people. And although we can be inspired by some of the amazing things people accomplish, sometimes we just need to hear things from regular people and what they have to share. And so this book is sort of about the anti-huge things that happen in our life. I think all of us, we encounter things in our life a couple times that are maybe you would call them tragic, definitely life-changing, whether it's a cancer diagnosis or death of a loved one or something really terrible. And, and that we all face that. And like I said, those are all life-changing. But interestingly, we all encounter daily setbacks, roadblocks, molehills designed as mountains, uh, that affect us every single day. And this book, the argument is that how we approach those things can be just as life-changing as the big things based on how we perceive to choose them. So it's basically the concept of how changing the way we see changes everything. And sometimes it's those little uh, annoyances and roadblocks, whether we are business owners or in a marriage or whatever, that, uh, that that changing the way we see those things can make a huge difference. Well, give us an example of when you were challenged to see with new eyes. Yeah, so <laughs> there, are, there are many, uh, as are for all of us. But a couple years ago, we got water in our basement. Uh, living here in Wisconsin, that happens every once in a while. And uh, it wasn't like a flood. It was just enough to get the carpet wet. But it was behind this paneling. And I knew that there's probably mold back there. And I was like terrified of figuring out what was going on. So I just kind of, we just kind of left it. And it, every time it rained, there'd be this pit in my stomach of what, you know, what was going on back there. And finally I called my dad and he's pretty handy and we ripped out the paneling and turns out there was a little bit of mold. There was a hairline crack in the foundation. We got it all cleaned up. We had this basement that was just like a mess. For months, And Kim and I, my wife, we were, you know, we let it be because we were just in the middle of a busy season. And finally, we got to the point, which is, is a big question that I that I've gotten better at asking is what does this make possible? And we ultimately uh, didn't replace the carpet. we got this really cool epoxy flooring uh, put in on the on the concrete floor. We set up a really neat sitting area in front of this uh, fireplace that we never used down there. I was able to set up a studio to make art bigger than I had ever made it before. I had already done really small stuff. Then we set up another part of the basement where my wife could set up a little office so we could work together while the fireplace was going. Another side we set up to, for the kids to play. And what was a 
room in our house that we never use has become one of our favorite rooms in the whole house. And I am embarrassed that it took me that long to actually do something about it. I'm like, man, I could have had this room years earlier. But I was so caught in being, first of all, worried about what was going to happen, what was going on behind this wall, and then just letting it sit there as a mess once we figured it out. I, if I would have asked that question sooner, like what good thing does this make possible, we would have had this room faster. So that's that's one example, but it's just the idea that we have storms that blow through our lives. And I'm not saying we don't pretend they don't exist, but I think we if we can get to the point where we ask ourselves, all right, this happened, this sucked, didn't want it to happen, wish it wouldn't have, but I can't change it. Now, what does this make possible? It, it just, to me, it feels like uh, people who see silver linings are the ones who are looking for them. Absolutely. So how, I know a lot of what you do when you're out speaking and certainly through, you know, your art and examples and your books, I mean, really that is kind of the goal, right? Is how do we escape adultitis is to find more joy and fun in our life. But what is your message to help people really practice this approach? How do we not take ourselves so seriously? Right. Well, I think that's that's one of the things uh, I, I sort of hinted at it, but uh, literally asking that question of yourself of now that I have this, what does this make possible? And this idea actually came from me from a, a friend of mine who was using it in his business. So when he would create something for his business, whether it was a book or a product or a service, and you put a lot of work into something like that, he would ask, okay, I have this, I put the work into it, what does this now make possible? And so it was a way to kind of like uh, multiply your efforts. And I love that idea as a business owner, but I also love it, like I said, to look at the negative things in our lives to, to help us see when difficult things come up or when we're, we're uh, encountering a, a setback, whether it's in our life or our business, and saying, what does this make possible? Um, it's, it really is a practice and it's a habit and it's hard at first, but the better you get at it, the more opportunities you see. Um, so I think that's a big one. You know, another one about changing the way we see, uh, that is, uh, kind of looking at what is your must be nice. I don't know if you can relate to this, Sherry, but I know when I look at other speakers or other business owners or other people, it's really easy to see the things that they have going on and say, oh man, they must be nice. They have this, they have that. And it's usually a sort of backhanded compliment that kind of masks our jealousy. But what I think is more worthwhile, and again, is something that I've, I've worked on, is figuring out instead, what, what are my must-be-nices? What are the things that other people would say about me and advantages I have that they wish they had? And instead of worrying or whining about what other people's must-be-nices are, find out what mine are and make the most of them. So uh, one, one of my must-be-nices is my wife because she... Uh, we work together on this business. She does a lot of the booking and the travel arrangements for my speaking schedule. And uh, other speakers are insanely jealous. They're like, oh, it must be nice to have Tim. And you know what? It is. And uh, it's, it's been something that we've taken advantage of, and I appreciate all the time. But uh, that's another thing. I think everyone can relate to that is instead of worrying about someone else's must be nice, figure out what yours is and make the most of it and appreciate it. Absolutely. Before we go to break, Jason, give us, uh, if someone wants to 
find out more about your new book, A Chance of Awesome, or book you as a speaker or look at your fabulous art, where would you like them to go? Yeah, you can just go to our website at escapeadulthood.com. That's got uh, all of my portfolio. It's got information about our speaking and, of course, all the information about the, uh, the new book. Awesome. We're going to go to break. We come back. I want to kind of dive into the book a little bit. So stick with us. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit SherryHillShow.com. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. Having a great conversation with Jason Kotecki, who is an artist, author, and professional speaker. He and his wife, Kim, have made it their mission in life to help people break free from adultitis to build better lives, businesses, and teams. They homeschool their three weird kids and live in Madison, Wisconsin, where they eat way too many cheese curds. If you want to learn more about Jason, his artwork, please go to escapeadulthood.com. So his newest book, A Chance of Awesome, How Changing the Way You See Changes Everything. Jason, I want to kind of dive in a little bit, and the one I want you to share is why we need more cowbell. (laughs) Okay, so some of your uh, listeners hopefully will remember a classic skit from Saturday Night Live with Will Ferrell and Christopher Walken, where it's the the mock behind the scenes of Boo Oyster Cult singing their song, Don't Fear the Reaper. In it, there is Will Ferrell playing the cowbell, and uh, Christopher Walken is the producer, and he's all, you know, this is good, but we need more cowbell. And as I dug into that that script a little bit, so it was co-written by, um, uh, Will Ferrell was one of the co-writers, and Donnell Campbell, who is a playwright. And what I thought was sort of fascinating is that they heard that song and noticed something that most people miss, which is that cowbell. And they made an entire skit out of it that became a, uh, a phenomenon, pop culture phenomenon. And I think that there's an opportunity for all of us, uh, especially people in business, to look for opportunities that other people are missing. So let me give you a good example. We went to uh, Mexico for a family vacation, and uh, we'd never been there before, and we were excited to try, like, a coconut like they would sell these coconuts on the side of the road and you you'd drink the coconut and we had no idea what that was like so we wanted to do it so we did and it had mixed mixed reviews from my kids uh but when we were done we're like okay what do you, what do, you do with this i guess we just throw it away so then later we're at a restaurant and i'm looking at the menu and i'm seeing other people and people are ordering these fancy alcoholic drinks in the in the coconuts that you know and these, the prices for these drinks were way more expensive than if you would have just bought a regular margarita. 
And I'm like, here is someone who took what is essentially garbage, these co- old coconut shells, which is wh- how we treated it, and added it to selling drinks and was able to upcharge things for garbage. And I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And so you look all around, you know, uh, fixer-uppers, it's the same thing. People see a house that is dilapidated and they see the opportunity that if we just put, change this, open up this floor plan, added some paint, blah, 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 now we have something valuable. So that's where the idea that what we need is we need to have that childlike wonder. We need to have that sense of curiosity. We need to be able to look at things that other people are missing and look for the opportunity that we can take advantage of. So ensure what we all need is more cowbell. I like that. <laughs> I told you I went to the Katati Accordion Festival, and you're mentioning bells. One of the gals playing the accordion, at her feet, she had four, you know, when you go to a hotel and you ring the bell, and she was tapping them with her foot. Same thing. Okay. You could barely pick it up until you noticed what she was doing. And I thought, how creative, right, yeah. uh, to, to incorporate that. So in your movement of helping folks understand when they're living in adultitis, I mean, do you feel since you started, because you've been doing this a while, do you see movement towards people that follow what you're doing, purchase your artwork, get into your books, invite you to speak, that you're actually creating change. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the, that's the coolest part about what I do, is being able to see the results that are happening. Um, a good example, there is a woman who is the owner of a graphic design firm, and she came to one of our Escape Adulthood Summits, which we have once a year. And she was in a she was in a rut with her business. So she had a team of you know eight or ten people. She was stressed out. She was kind of grumpy. And coming to the summit, like she's told us, like it totally changed her. It changed her business. She became much more fun. They they created uh, such a neat atmosphere. One of the things that I love that she did was she now they play spoons. It's like this card game with a spoon and it's like uh, they play it once a month as a team and they have tournaments and then whoever's the winner gets their picture up on the wall. And she's gone so far that in the interview process, when she hires a new person, they play spoons. And she says she can tell if the person being interviewed is like weirded out by this, then they're probably not going to be a good fit for their culture. But yeah, that's an example. And, and her husband has said the same thing. It's like, he, she is completely different. There, she's so much more like vibrant and alive, and um, you know, I like to I like to point out that she's won. Uh, her firm has won best design firm in the city for a number of years. I have nothing to do with that, but I like to I like to pretend like I have some sort of credit in that. But <laughs> well, I'm yeah, sure you do because happy people are creative people. Well, that's just it, and I think a lot of <laughs> leaders they don't understand that you can take your work seriously without having to take yourself seriously. And I've, I've come across a lot of people who say, I love what I do, but I hate where I work. And when we're in an environment like right now where it's hard to find and keep really good people, sometimes it comes down to the environment and the culture. Um, and it's not just about am I getting uh, – do I have a paid job? And so creating that sense of fun, a lot of people look at it as frivolous, but like you said – People who are having more fun are, are doing way better work than when they're stressed out, burned out, bored, all of that. And, of course, customers 
uh, spend more money when the environment is more fun and it's not like pulling teeth. So uh, definitely a lot of business benefits. And, I, and like I said, I love seeing how this is impacting people's lives, both in their, their business and professional life, but their home life as well. Absolutely. And, you know, to our listeners, if you want to, you know, understand more about what we're talking about and how Jason Kotecki, my guest, really does see things differently in a fun and whimsical way, I do want you to go out to his website, escapeadulthood.com, because he does calendars, he does artwork, and of course, his other book, his last book, Penguins Can't Fly, I mean, it was a 240-page full-color gem with all of his whimsical artwork and inspiring stories, so no doubt, A Chance of Awesome, his new book, How Changing the Way You See Changes Everything, is going to be as good. I guarantee it. So, Jason, uh, we just have a couple of minutes left, but you know, what else would you like to share? So, if this is new information for people and all of a sudden they go, "Oh, I have adultitis." What is something that, you know, you want to share with people to go, "Look, just stop what you're doing and see something this way." Well, uh Okay, here, here's one. So I, I did a painting of uh, Tootsie Roll Pops, and uh, it's like a Tootsie Roll Pops getting closer and closer to that Tootsie Roll Center. And some of your, some of your listeners may remember the old commercial of uh, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop. And it's interesting. There have actually been studies done of various people who have tried to figure out the answer, and they all have different answers. And so the world, the world may never know. But uh, what I like to ask people is if you knew how many licks you had at something. So if you knew how many family vacations you had left, how many anniversaries do you have to spend with with your your spouse or your loved one? Um, would that make a difference if you knew that number? Because we we don't, and I think that number is probably smaller than we realize. And so I think when we know that, when we realize that, that the first times we see coming, but the last times kind of come out of nowhere, um, we can we can live accordingly. And that's really what my message is all about, is for people to be mindful about their own lives and the people they care about and what really matters. And uh, that's what we're trying to do here. Well, and I have to give you credit, Jason, because when you came out and spoke in Reno, I don't remember how many years ago it was now, and you shared that message. And you know, how many summers do you have left? How many winters do you have left? And I tell you, it changed the way that I made decisions. And so I'm going to give you credit mm -hmm. for that because when you think about it and go, gosh, I'm, you know, 59, how many real summers do I have left where I can get out and do the stuff that I love? And so it allowed me to start to really think about what should I be saying yes to, more important, what should I be saying no to? So I'm going to give you credit for that. Well, that's amazing. I really appreciate that. And I'm glad to hear that. Me too, because it changed my life. So you have a, uh, you know, someone here that really appreciates your viewpoint, the way that you are just whimsical. I, I just love your art. And so I'm really encouraging people to go out to escapeadulthood.com, check it out. Uh, definitely is going to put a smile on your face. 
and certainly support the the good movement that you're doing to end adultitis, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, so a final word or message. We have about one minute left for our listeners. What would you like to share? Well, uh, you know, I know I don't know out in uh, in your neck of the woods if you have dandelions or not, but they are a big deal here in the Midwest that, you know, in the summertime, if you look out your window, an adult sees dandelions invading the yard and they're all mad. So it's a uh, army of weeds has taken over the yard. But any child would look at the same scene and they see not weeds, but wishes. They see uh, potential bouquets for mom. And it's interesting to me that it's the exact same scene, but two completely different ways of looking at it. And I think that's the message that this book has and that I'll, I'll shout from the rooftops is that things happen to us in our life and how we decide to look at it and perceive it can make all the difference in the world. So instead of looking at the weeds in our lives, maybe we should spend a little bit more time appreciating the wishes. Great message. Thank you. Jason Kotecki, who is the author of A Chance of Awesome, plus his previous books, Penguins Can't Fly. That's a fun book, too. I want to thank you for joining me today, and I want to thank our listeners for tuning into The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.